want to welcome Dennis and Jolene that are here with us today from, you're from Manitoba? Windsor Bay. Winter Bay. Winter Peg. I must be getting old. You only get it nine months of the year. But they have been faithful servants of God. They have been part of our body for years. And uh, they moved back to the prairies to be with family. But welcome. Good to see you. I'm asking God just to bless you guys. To fill you. To cause that hunger that's inside of you. Like Paul said, that which grabbed me, I am now chasing after to grab that. That which took hold of me, may I take hold of that. I'm praying that for you today. Amen. Hallelujah. If you've got your Bibles, your phones, your iPads, if you could turn or click to Ephesians. We never used to have to say that, but if you could turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, Imagine what a sword drill would be like in today's world. Anybody here know, remember what sword drills were like? You know, I, I, I grew up in, in an environment called Crusaders, and that was like a Christian version of Boy Scouts, and we would do sword drills. And uh, I, I'd like to pride myself, uh, now that I'm up here, Pastor Daniel can't interrupt, but I'd like to pride myself and think that I was one of the better ones at sword drills. But Ephesians chapter 1, if you've got your Bibles ready, if you've got that verse open, I want to start at verse 17. I want to take a few minutes today, and I want to talk about the spirit of wisdom in the full revelation of God. And Paul is writing, first of all, if you go back to 15, I want you to see something, how Paul addresses, because his address to them in verse 15 is also the same address I would say to you this morning. He said, um, when I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, when I've heard of your faith, solid rock, when I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and that exists among you, and your love for all the saints. You know, I appreciate your love for your brother and your sister and their saints. And Paul, in his greeting to them, is saying, when I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which exists, and your love for all saints, he says, I, I can't help but keep thinking of you and praying for you. And when I pray for you, this is how I pray. He says that the God, in verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. My prayer for you this year is that you would be gripped with a revelation and the spirit of wisdom in the full knowledge, in the awareness of Jesus Christ, God the Father, Holy Spirit, that you would have this awareness or this awe of him that you've never had before that would be insatiable. There's nothing that can satisfy except being with him. That's my prayer for myself. I need him. I need God. 
Some of us need him to find parking spots. Come on, we pray about it when we drive into, it's like, God, help me find a parking spot. And not the one at the back end, but the one right near the front. And when we get it, it's like, oh man, there's revival happening. God loves me, I got a parking spot. We, that might be silly, but you know, we need him. I need him. I need him in every area of my life. There is no area of my life that is so figured out, so complete, and so full that I don't need him. And what I've found out is the more that I've found that I need him, the more I realize I need him. And my prayer for me, and if you're praying for me, and I sure hope you are, you know, you might be praying for short sermons, you might be praying for better jokes, you might be, but you can also pray that I would get an awareness of the power of God, the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of wisdom in the revelation of Him. Because I've been captured by the King. And one of my desires, one of those things that captivates me is I want to get to know him more. So Paul, as he's writing this, and by the way, he wrote this with the pen and paper, and these were his thoughts, but it also says in Timothy that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, God breathed through him and wrote those words. It was Paul's writing. It was Paul the way Paul would express himself, but it was God breathing through that and to, to, to pen those words. It's 100% God and it's 100% Paul. I, it's, the more I get to know God, the more I realize it's 100% him, but the more it becomes him, it also becomes the more become I get involved. Spirit of wisdom. Next week I want to talk about revelation, but this week I want to talk about getting a spirit of wisdom of the full knowledge of God. One of the first things, why would I need that? Why would I need a spirit of wisdom? Well, can I flip it back and say, what good is wisdom if there's not a problem? What good is wisdom if there's not a problem? I'm going to throw another thing at you. Ask God for problems. I, I see this thing where this guy says, God, you know, I asked God for strength and he gave me trouble. I asked God for peace and he gave me war. I asked God for rest and he gave me this, this turmoil. And, and what happens is it's through those moments that we get to realize how good God is and what God can do for us. And you and I have the solution the solution, not a solution. We have the solution for the difficulties that are outside, not only outside there, but also the difficulties that are inside here. We must first yield ourselves and have God work in us so that we can then extend our hands and work with others around us. 
In 1 Corinthians, the first couple chapters, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and he's comparing wisdom of the day compared to the wisdom of God. And one of the things he said is the foolishness of God is more wise than the wisdom, the greatest wisdom of man. <laughs> the foolishness of God. I mean, and God's not even foolish. But the foolishness or the simplicity of God is more complex than the greatest complexities, complexities and the greatest philosophical ideas that we can come up with as man. God's wisdom, his foolishness or his simplicity is greater than that. If we ever need a time for solutions and for answers and for understanding things, it's today. You drive down through Abbotsford. You don't even have to go to Vancouver. You can just drive in Abbotsford and have your eyes open and you can see situations where God needs to be manifest. In other words, where God, his revelation of God needs to come into that picture. Many of you are working on job sites or in workplaces or in offices or in settings where you're um, interacting with others. Just think about the wisdom of God and having the spirit of wisdom in a full understanding or revelation or knowledge of God, how that can impact that room. And wisdom is the ability to discern. Wisdom is the ability to look at something and make a decision. In James, James 1, verse 5. Actually, if you could turn to there, because I want, something popped out at me this morning when I was reading and going through that. In James 1, he starts with the first couple verses, and he says, Count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience, and when patience has a her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And what I found interesting is, in verse 5, it starts with, but, which usually is a connection. But if any of you are lacking wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men without, he doesn't hold back. He gives it liberally. And he almost as I was reading, it connects trials and frustrations and temptations with God's wisdom. When you're in that situation where you're... I said ask for trouble. I'll be honest with you, we don't even have to ask for trouble. It just seems to find us. Amen? I don't, I, don't, I don't have to ask for trouble. It's, it's there. In spades. Stress. Life. And it's in those moments where you might feel over your head, in those moments where you might feel overwhelmed, in those moments where you might be going... What is going on that you can say, God, I need wisdom. 
And the beautiful thing about God is he doesn't go, no, no, get your act together. He's so beautiful. It's when you're in the middle of the trouble that he says, call to me. It's when you're in the mess that sometimes you've made. Come on. Am I the only one who makes a mess? I've looked in the mirror sometimes and I said, man, you are so stupid. Other times I said, hey, you're good looking. But sometimes I say, man, you are so stupid. What did you do? And in the middle of that, I can ask God for wisdom. And he doesn't say, get your act together. What he does is he gives wisdom and he helps me get my act together. In Hebrews it says, in time of need, approach his throne boldly. I am so... That that verse has just... It's like it goes against human reasoning because human reasoning says, no, you've got to get your crap together. You've got, oops, did I say that? You've got to get all your stuff together. I know some of you might use a different word, but I won't. But you've got to get it all together. You've got to get your ducks in a row. You've got to get everything figured out, and then you approach me. I mean, if somebody comes to me with a business idea, I usually say, go see Pastor Daniel. But if they're talking to me, I said, do you have a business plan? We are taught and trained. Get it all together. And there's wisdom in that. But in life, if you are struggling with something, if you're caught with something and you're going, I don't know what to do, and man, I can feel the stress. I can just feel the heat rising. I can feel like, like my blood pressure just... And, and it's in those moments... The beauty of God is in those moments. You're allowed to say, God, help me. (laughs) He's so good. He's so good. Having the spirit of wisdom, of a revelation of God, is having a picture of what God would do in that moment. I grew up with a book called WWJD, What Would Jesus Do? And it's a phrase that we've used and sometimes we've worn it out, but there's, there's a truth there is, is, is being so aware of the knowledge of him that you say, God, what are you doing here? Not so that I can influence but that I can join you participate or even watch what you're doing and in those moments God can give you and I a little nugget of the awareness and the knowledge of what he's doing that can explode within us I shared last week how God has given me just this amazing little sliver of his love. His love is all-encompassing. And he's given me just this little sliver of a revelation, an awareness of how good he is and how much he loves me. And that has impacted me. It's changed my trajectory. 
It's changed how I do things. And it's in that moment when you might be stressing out, you might be looking at a project or something you're trying to accomplish, and God, in his wisdom, can give you a thought that is a revealing of Jesus or it's a revealing how God would look at that situation. And in that moment, you can get an awareness of how God would handle that situation. He wants to be involved in every moment and every decision I make. I think of people in the Bible that displayed supernatural wisdom, and what they did was they had a revelation of God. Joseph had dreams. He tells the dreams, and he ends up going to prison. And it's amazing to follow his trajectory. He never stopped trusting God. He never stopped believing God. And all of a sudden, something happened, and God gave him a picture of what God was doing. And in one moment, his address changed from prison to palace. God can do more in his one little intricate moment of wisdom than you can do in all your career path planning. I'm convinced of it. It doesn't mean you don't plan. It doesn't mean that you don't have goals or dreams or things like that. But it's like, what are you doing here, God? And Joseph, to a heathen nation, a nation which did not serve God, God used him in that situation and said, listen, there's going to be seven good years and there's going to be seven bad years. And if I were you, Pharaoh, I'd find somebody who understands that and have them in charge. And Pharaoh looks and goes, you the man. And in one moment, he changes his garments. He gets, that's having awareness. And you say, well, how does God? God spoke to Joseph. Who here would love to be able to come up with a creative answer or a solution that baffles all of those around, all your colleagues, all those people around you? Who, you know what? I'd rather be that guy than the guy that goes, oh, man, that was smart. Wow. I'd rather be the guy going, oh, thank you, God. God's interested in every detail of my life. He's interested in every detail of your life, whether you're in elementary school, high school, college, university, Trade school, doesn't matter. He's interested in every aspect of your life. He can give you wisdom on raising your children that Dr. Spock can't give you. Dr. Spock was a real person who wrote a book. It just wasn't on Star Trek. No, there's a different guy. God can give you wisdom into a situation that is a revelation of who he is. And by the way, it doesn't have to be super spiritual.
just walking in that, having an awareness of what he's doing can become so incredibly supernatural that it will open up doors that you could never open. And this year, I'm asking God to give each one of you a greater awareness and the wisdom, spirit of wisdom, and the knowledge of God. I'm asking God to interrupt your life. You can thank me later. I'm asking God to interrupt my life. I need to know what he's doing. There are things that happened in my life 15 years ago that I had no clue what was happening and now I see some of the handiwork or the way God did it and God worked it and God made things happen 15 years ago that I'm living out now. And I would have never thought it, planned it, expected it, or even written it that way. But God has done some of those things and he's worked it sometimes behind the scenes and sometimes in front of the scenes. And he has done this. And I have stood back and I've marveled at the revelation of how much he loves me. That he took those pots. In fact, it was more than 15 years ago. But how he took those things in my life and how he called me, how he directed me, how he moved me, how he did this and how he positioned that. And those things that I thought maybe I was doing, he was the one behind those things. And now I'm living out things that I would have never planned, that I would have never situated or done in the wisdom of man. But the wisdom of God did something. And as I look at that, I cannot help but say, thank you, God. And it spurs me on, and it solidifies or cements my resolve to say I am nothing without him. Spirit of wisdom in the revelation of God. These last number of years, the whole world, and I've talked about this, and I, I don't want to belabor it, but at the same time, our whole world has gone through a cataclysmic, cataclysmic you know, a big shift, seismic. There, that's a big word, or that's a small word, but it's got a big meaning. It's, we've gone through this seismic change in our world. It's affected churches, organizations, individuals, businesses. Just, it's, people have profited, people have lost, people have struggled, people have succeeded, uh, but it's affected all of us. And I, as I've been meditating and praying, one of the senses I got is it's affected us in the church. It's affected my psyche. It's affected our psyche. It's affected me. I want to be honest. I haven't... I, I, it's been hard. There's been times when it's been frustrating trying to figure out what to do. And it's been 
if you're not careful, it will suck the life out of you. If you're not careful, if you only focus on the stress, the stress, the struggle, the frustrations of this COVID thing and dealing with this and who can I, and if you only deal with that and if you only look at that, it will just drive you crazy and it will suck the life out of you. If I could, can we just be honest? It's, and, and, and it's, it's infiltrated, I, I, I gotta be, it's infiltrated even into the believer's mindset. And I'm here, I, I'm not interested in living like that. I believe we are called to be a light in the darkness. I believe we are called to shed a light. We are a city set on a hill. And as I look at these last couple of years, I got, some, I got some terrible news because I don't think that was the only time this is going to happen. What are we going to do the next time something cataclysmic happens? Yeah, I said it right. What are we going to do the next time something crazy, big, huge, seismic happens in our world? I'll tell you what. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to dig into what God's word says. I'm going to seek him with all my heart. And I'm going to be a beacon of hope for those who are hopeless. And I'm going to be someone who stands on top and says, even if I don't say it, I'm going to live it where I am an example of someone who trusts in a God who does not waver. And I'm going to, and because we are going to face this, I'm not trying to be a prophet of doom and gloom, but I want, you know what, we need to rise up in strength, in the valor, and being in the army of God that these things don't shake us. It shook us. But it's not going to do it. No, I am resolved and steady in my resolve that I will serve the God and he is the one that I follow. And I will not fear what man can do, say, or even think towards me. And you and I, when we get a revelation of the spirit of wisdom, of the full knowledge of God, we can stand up and we can be a light to those that are hurting. We can be a shoulder they can lean on. We can be a city of hope. We can have some refuge because I'm not going to stress out. Yeah, it may be trouble. It may be crazy. But I serve a God who is more than enough. He's more than enough. And quite frankly, this is not my home. I have an eternal destination. And we will be men and women of God who are strong. We are strong. And it might be the only, I might be the only one on my street. I won't be because I got somebody who lives beside me the same, but you get what I mean. You might be the only one on your street. But you will be a light to your neighbors. And as things happen, I am not going to fear. Why? Because I've got a revelation of the knowledge of him. And it's given me wisdom to understand what is happening and what he is doing in these moments. I'm not here to say it didn't affect, it affected us. And I believe what God wants to do is he wants to blow and revive 
Those things that were three, four years ago, burning embers and a fire inside of us that in the last couple of years has quenched or frustrated or smoldered. God is here to revive those things again. He is not done with you. He's not done with me. We've made declarations saying we're all in. And we are. He's my all. He's my everything. And we are going to have an army of God. We are not weak. We are strong in the power of his might. We're not silly, stupid, or unaware. We have the wisdom of God in our life. He's given us Issachars, those that can discern and see and understand the times. He's given us Josephs. He's given us Davids. He's given us Daniels. Each one of us has a part to play in the army of God. And we will rise up and be a light, a city set on a hill. And we will see others get revived because of what God has done in us. And he has revived those things. I'm speaking prophetically. We need a reviving of God in our souls and in our spirits. I need a reviving of God. In Psalm 85, 6, the writer of that psalm says, Revive us, O God. Revive us, O God. And my prayer is that we would grow and have a spirit of wisdom in the knowledge of him. But also in conjunction with that, that there would be a reviving of that fire, a rekindling of that fire, a rebirthing of that fire, a restoring of that passion. A re, it's, it's a renewing and it's a reviving of those things that were and bringing them back again. And God is in the business of reviving. I didn't even get through page one. Pastor Nelson's probably snickering at me. Who here would like a reviving? Can we just be honest with each other? This is not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of deficiency. It's actually an awareness of my condition. And I have found myself personally saying, God, revive. Bring back to life. Those things that you've birthed in me bring back to life an awareness of the wisdom and the fullness of the knowledge of you. Bring back those fires, oh God. Bring back strength. Bring back hope. Bring back joy. Bring back life. Bring back optimism. Bring back positivity. God, I need you.
If there's anyone here that can identify with that, could you just stand? I want to just take a moment and pray. I encourage you just to open yourself by literally taking your hands in an open posture, in an open position. It doesn't have to, I don't have to lay hands on everyone. The Holy Spirit's going to come. But God, I need you. If you just need him, just say, God, I need you. Revive. Lord, I'm not satisfied with the last couple years. I'm not satisfied with the status quo. Just start talking to him. Just saying, God, revive. One of the aspects of reviving is repenting, changing our direction, changing our thinking, changing the way in which we're going. God, I repent. Help me change my thinking. Lord, I want to turn from the negativity and see what you are doing. May you give me the spirit of wisdom and the knowledge of you. Lord, I just ask right now, when everybody's here, Lord, with our hands raised up, Lord, that we would be a people that is a people that will revive the spirits of those around us. Lord, that the reviving that you place inside of us, the restoring of hope, Lord, that we would have a restoration and a reviving and a revival of your hope inside of us, that, Lord, that we would be contagious with those around us, that we would be a light set on a hill, Lord, that cannot be hid, Lord, Lord, that we would be hope dispensers, oh God. Lord, that we would be people that speak life to people that may not see life. That, that we would be those that reach out and say, there is a hope. His name is Jesus. He says, come to me the way you are. You don't get, need to get dressed up. You just come to me the way you are. May we, we be evangelists of what you have and of who you are. Revive us, oh God. Your precious name. Amen. If you could remain standing, I want to bless you. Can I just say, I love blessing you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and give you grace. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. You are blessed. Amen. God bless you.